Welcome to another episode of the Marketing Analytics Show, the podcast that helps you get better at marketing analytics. This podcast is brought to you by Supermetrics. Over half a million marketers use Supermetrics to move data from popular marketing platforms such as Facebook, Google Analytics, and HubSpot to their favorite analytics, reporting, and data warehouse tools, including Google Sheets, Excel, Google Data Studio, Google BigQuery, and more. Give Supermetrics a spin and search a 14-day free trial at supermetrics.com. I'm your host, Anna Shitko, and today our guest star is Tyson Stockon, who is a leading expert SEO consultant at Searchmetrics. In this episode, you'll learn what an SEO KPI funnel report is all about and why an SEO specialist needs one, the difference between lagging and leading indicators in how you can track these, as well as how you could present your SEO KPI funnel report to the executive team. I hope you'll enjoy this episode. Hello, Tyson, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. It's awesome to have you here. And again, today, like always, we have a super, super interesting topic. But this time, it's especially interesting because we will be talking about SEO and not just that. So we'll be talking about how to tie all the different SEO metrics into a funnel. So my first question to you, Tyson, would be, what is an SEO KPI funnel report and why should SEO specialists, digital marketers, and everybody else, whoever is interested, build this kind of report? Yeah, so I think for me, um, I mean, I guess first starting on kind of like the why, um, I think there's two main areas or buckets for reasons of like why I advocate for people to use like a full kind of KPI funnel instead of just like one metric. And the first one is typically in SEO, you don't have like what you're wanting to drive is not going to be an immediate like action response. So you have this kind of like leading versus lagging KPIs and indicators. And if you're only looking at or only reporting on things like traffic from SEO or traffic from whatever channel, you're looking at just kind of like the lagging portion and you're not getting as much of a read of how the changes that you're making to a website, how the website's responding, how search engines are interacting with it. So you're missing a good chunk of the information and data that's gonna give you the tactical kind of guidance into like how to further maximize your efforts. The other one, and so that I would say is just like the tactical, like it'll make your decision-making stronger because you have a better read on how your website's responding. The other side is more in the bucket of evangelizing and selling SEO within the organization. I think a lot of times and I've worked with a lot of different companies that that is often the most challenging aspect where you can have a great audit or a good SEO and know exactly what a website needs, but getting those changes implemented and getting the organization on the same side is often where you see a lot of it kind of like unravel or not have as much traction. And so with having this funnel, you're able to create more talking points and more transparency into the efforts around SEO. And then you can use that data and that information to then have those conversations with the different stakeholder groups that you need to have on your side to actually execute and implement the changes to improve your performance. That's fantastic. I really love how you've put these into two different buckets and definitely selling SEO within your org is super, super important. So I'm definitely with you on that. And my next question here would be, so if we could talk about these leading versus lagging indicators a bit more. So first of all, what are these indicators? And if you could maybe expand on why marketers should not get stuck with a lagging indicator? Yeah. So 
I guess um, the first piece on kind of like what the lagging indicators are is that's going to be typically like revenue traffic to the site. Um, it can even be in some cases like you, I would put ranking and kind of like a little bit more in the leading area. Um, but oftentimes those are the KPIs that people communicate and use the most for talking about how SEO is contributing to a business. And the problem with those is oftentimes there could be a lag of how long it takes for those changes to actually like get implemented. And what I would say is like from the, the leading piece, that could be something like SEO visibility or rankings where it's, you know, we move from position 30 to position 20. We're not seeing any change in traffic from that, but that's a positive signal that Google is interpreting what changes we made as being positive and we can further kind of like ratchet those up. So I think the main KPIs that I put in the leading area could be something more qualitative of like number of tickets commit, uh, completed and like number of tasks that you've gone through on your list. Also, I always like to look at things like crawl activity, how Google's interacting with the site, what pages, what parts of the site are they spending more of their time on? And then also what's the indexation, the number of ranking keywords, and all those pieces that give you a signal and a read of how Google's really interpreting things. And that then should guide your tactics and then ultimately result in the lagging indicators and what you're trying to ultimately achieve. You've mentioned quite a few metrics. So now let's tie it all together and talk about all these different stages of an SEO KPI report. So first of all, what these different stages are, and maybe you could tell our listeners what happens during each stage so they understand when they have to take into consideration the leading indicators and at what point they would have to move and then track the lagging indicators. Yeah, and, and so I wouldn't, I wouldn't preface this answer with like, it's not always exactly the same. So it's like, I'll say kind of what I think is the most uh, general or like common uh, funnel, but I'd say like there could be additional ones or even removing some of them depending on the organization. And then the other kind of general piece too is to not be too hung up in the exact name because within different organizations, they could use different terminology. And I think it's always best to align to the terminology that your organization uses. And an example of that is I've worked with some companies that will talk about traffic as that that's kind of just what traffic's coming in. Other people will say sessions, other people will say entries, but it's like, it's all meaning the same thing, but it's just use whatever's consistent with your organization and then that way you're not educating on an additional item. But from what the KPIs are, usually I kind of use the following buckets. And the first one is crawl activity. So what is where and what is Google looking at on your website? So you're looking at, and you can get this from crawl log files, you can get some of this from Google Search Console, a few different other sources, but I wanna know like, what is Google actually seeing? The next stage of it is then going to be indexation. So what pages are indexed, what pages have a possibility of showing up in search. And then I'm going to be looking at more what I would call like a ranking bucket, which could be a variety of different KPIs within that section. But that would be number of ranking keywords. Um, typically don't like use a regular just average position, but like a weighted average position or SEO visibility something that's gonna give me a read on that movement, even if it's not on the top of page one, but I can see overall, you know, what is the portfolio of keywords that the website or specific pages are ranking on. 
And then you get into really what you're trying to drive and kind of like what you're selling then is your success stories. And that's going to be, you know, traffic sessions, whatever definition you want to give to it. But how many users are you getting to the site and to the pages that you're working on? And then finally, what is the ultimate outcome you want from that traffic? So if it's an e-commerce site revenue, if it's a, a lead gen, it could be like number of conversions or leads that are generated from the site. But that one too, it's going to be whatever action you want or whatever business value that you're trying to achieve by getting the users into the site. Right. I really, really love this structure. So thank you so much for outlining it to all of us. And uh, in the very, very beginning of this podcast, you were talking about, again, selling SEO within the org. So now let's talk about that a little bit. On the Voices of SEO podcast, you've mentioned that a funnel allows you to create a narrative of what's going on with SEO. And I think narratives are super important because they help create a very structured story. So all this data storytelling and help everyone understand what's going on with a particular KPI. So could you please explain this in more detail? How would you use um, a narrative within an SEO report to make sure that everybody within your org is on the same page and everybody is interested to learn more about SEO? Yeah, and this um, this can be like one of the more challenging aspects, but I think one building off like the KPI funnel, you're giving yourself kind of like more options or more possibilities. So if you think of it like you're playing a card game, you have more cards in your hands, you have more possibilities of like creating that narrative for the organization. I think one big value of it too is within every company you have this like variety and you won't have consistent understanding of SEO. And so if you're only talking about, you know, how much traffic do we get to the site? Well, you're not really speaking to like the effort and the work that's being done, like how many things are actually going live to site. And so it really makes it more challenging, especially for people that are not as familiar with it to then grasp of like the amount of effort, the amount of work that's going into this area. So I think the main pieces is one, I like to recommend using both like quantitative and also qualitative information. And so you're using that KPI funnel and you're using it to give a consistent repetition of information. So you're kind of conditioning other stakeholders of what to expect from it. But then you're also putting in context into like what you did, what the result then was from it and using kind of like some qualitative um whether it's like a weekly email or a monthly meeting, things like that to paint everything in context. And so like an example of that could be, say like you're working on um, a content initiative. And so from that, you're expecting, hey, we're gonna be launching X amount of new pages. And so one of the narratives can be like release of pages, how many pages went live then, the next kind of stage is that is like, what is then the performance of it? How many keywords are on average or ranking on each URL? What's the expectation for traffic from those? And you're really able to kind of get into showcasing what effort is going on with an SEO. And again, like if we're working on a content project, okay, that could be maybe six weeks in a good case scenario of like when you're going to really see some like traffic gains from that. And so if you're waiting six weeks and you have an impatient CEO or CMO that's kind of being like, why am I not seeing this? We put X amount of time or money into it. You have talking points to kind of buy yourself that time into when you're actually going to reach those lagging indicators. 
And so if you're just saying, hey, we put all this money into content, please wait. We don't have any numbers to show for it yet. But then if you're using the funnel and you're creating this narrative of like, hey, great news, we launched 10 new pages this week based on the pages that were launched the week before, they've been crawled, they've been indexed. Now we have X amount of ranking keywords in this average position. And you can start giving information so then people also have more confidence in the effort that's going in within SEO, which is then going to kind of make your next initiative a little bit easier and you're not going to be kind of like swimming upstream, so to speak, to get your initiatives kind of picked up and actually implemented. Awesome. I really, really love how you mentioned impatient CMOs, and I'm definitely sure that many, many marketers can relate to this. So now if we expand on this a little bit further, are there any things marketers should take into account when they are presenting their SEO reports to the executive team? So you mentioned a couple of points, again, in the story of data narrative, but are there any additional tips they could use? Yeah, I got, I mean, a random one. Um, and I think it's, it's a really tempting one for SEOs to do. But in general, I would say to not overly take credit for gains from like an algorithm update. And this could be a scenario that, you know, there's exceptions to it. But I think a lot of times, you know, say like there's an algorithm update and then all of a sudden you start ranking better for the domain as a whole. And it's really tempting to be like, hey, look at all this great work we did. Now we're having this type of growth numbers. But that pendulum can swing back the other way. And so if you really capitalize on taking credit when things go well with like an update, well, now you also have to hold to that same position and stance when something maybe doesn't respond as well from an algorithm update. And so I think I usually like to focus during, like whenever there's an algorithm update, focus the conversation around what is changing and what is going on within Google and within search as a whole, rather than, hey, this is just what our domain did. And that way, if you do find yourself on the other side, you're not kind of backed into a corner of kind of like taking too much credit for something that you didn't really control. Like I would say a good exception of that is say like, especially if you're in kind of more of the finance health category and you are negatively impacted by a core update and then you put in all this work to kind of like recover from it. Oftentimes you don't see those gains until the next core update or maybe even the one following and so it's not like a exact science of when you're going to see those those are cases that i think you know you you kind of go the other way about it but i think that's one just in general is to to avoid the temptation to take credit for gains that maybe you didn't control or influence this is awesome i really love your point about the algorithm update and i don't think i've ever heard anything related to this on the podcast before so thanks a lot for that and uh, now we've talked a lot about SEO data, SEO leading, lagging indicators, and lots of other metrics. But my additional question to you is, should SEO reports pull data from any other data sources other than marketing? You very briefly mentioned something about the finance data. Can you please expand on that? Are there any other teams that should also include SEO in their reporting? Should SEO reports include data coming from other teams? How would that work within an org? Yeah, I think like a few areas within it. Like one, I think, and this is something that I feel like in general could be adopted more, is if I'm working or working with a company or working in-house with a company, 
for how I communicate SEO, I'm going to first look at how other channels are being communicated. And then I'm going to want to use terminology that's as closely aligned to it as possible. And the benefit of this is you don't have to be kind of reconditioning people into like what information they're getting. And so a lot of times like within, you know, let's say like paid search or SEM or even like, you know, display advertising, they're using, you know, impressions and things like that. Well, typically impressions aren't used as common within SEO, but I think that's something that then you could also align to. And so now you're saying impressions, you know, visitors, et cetera. And now you're using the same terminology as those other teams. So then the higher up kind of stakeholders have some familiarity and you're not having to teach them everything new. Um, so I think that's just one area in general. Also, I'm a big advocate in SEOs looking at search as a whole. So using and kind of looking at paid search as in the same kind of vein as what's going on with um, SEO. Typically, you know, if, if you have a strong, healthy site, I would assume you're probably getting more traffic from SEO. So also, if you have SEO right next to your page, probably going to look pretty good for you. Um, so that's definitely like a benefit. And that's something that I think, you know, should be used from other teams, like absolutely your CMO and kind of like general digital marketing are going to be looking at SEO as like one of the channels. But I think other parts in the organization can also be looking at that. Like if I'm on an editorial team, I would want to see like what kind of traction my articles are getting, how many users are bringing them because it adds value to their work. And similarly, if I'm on kind of like the dev or product side, Maybe it's going to be a slightly different type of SEO KPIs, but it's like I would want to be looking at things like Google Core Web Vitals. Like what is the site performance and how are we scoring from like Google standards in that sense? And then using that as like a validation piece for any sort of like larger site release or site launch. Awesome. These are really, really solid communication tips. And I really am with you on using the same terminology so you will not have to force the whole org to adapt and use your own terminology for reading SEO reports. And we've covered a lot of ground in terms of SEO reporting. So maybe you could also share whether there are any typical mistakes marketers make while analyzing their SEO KPI funnel reports. Yeah, I think um, one common mistake, I mean, we touched on it earlier, but it's just looking at like the lagging side of the KPI funnel. The other one too, and I think this is more when you're kind of building your business case and like how you're selling SEO is to not just look at existing performance because then you have just like an existing ranking bias. And so if you were trying to say like, hey, we have this amount of potential within SEO or within search and you're just looking at your existing ranking keywords and the search volume of those keywords and how much additional market share you can capture from it. Well, you're only looking at where your footprint is right now. And similarly, if you're doing that only for like one competitor is you're getting like pieces of the entire market or the entire demand, but you're not looking at the kind of absolute. And so I think avoiding those domain biases to then create what is the actual search market potential and then how much of that can we realistically capture or own is ultimately going to give you a more accurate interpretation of what's potential 
And then it also typically being that you're not just looking at a sliver of the opportunity, it's typically going to be a bit higher. So then you can get a little more buy-in, a little more interest because that ceiling of the opportunity just got a lot higher. Awesome. Really great tip on the search market potential. I really like that one. And uh, thank you so much, Tyson, for coming on the show today. I really, really enjoyed how you structured everything and broke down the process of SEO reporting piece by piece. So now if the audience would love to learn more about you, where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I on LinkedIn, uh, Tyson Stockton, um, you can find more information, stuff that I'm up to work, those kind of fun stuff there. Also on Twitter at Tyson underscore Stockton. Um, do work with search metrics. So obviously you can get some more information and you know articles on searchmetrics.com. And then also have uh, my personal website, um, TysonStockton.com too. Excellent. Tyson, thank you so much for having a chat with me today. Excellent. Thank you. And that's the end of today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. Before you go, make sure to hit the subscribe button and leave us a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. If you'd like to kickstart your marketing analytics, check out the 14-day free trial at supermetrics.com. See you on the next episode of the Marketing Analytics Show.